Praxis family, what is up? Hopefully you're well and staying safe and you're good. Um, hey, it's so great to be together, uh, worshiping together, joining in together, and uh, really excited about today. I also want to take a minute and say uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms at Praxis, but as well as all the ladies, a part of our community. We're just so thankful for you all. and. We say this, I know, a bit, but we're just so thankful for what you bring to our community. And so uh, I hope today can be celebrated. We also know that there's the tension of a day like this in our moment. Uh, for many, uh, there's a lot of people struggling maybe, and maybe you come with burdens and fears and certain desires and hopes for your life or whatever. Um, we want to acknowledge that too. I think it's important that as some people celebrate this day and live into the ease of this day, it's important to name sometimes the pain that comes with this. And so that's what it means to be a part of a family. And uh, that's the th I know that goes through my mind continually, you know, around these days that we celebrate in our culture. For others, it can be maybe an opposite experience, and we want to acknowledge that. So wherever you're coming from, uh, we're thinking about you today, whether you're celebrating or maybe you're just, just the, today's not the greatest day for you. We think of you, um, yeah, we just think of where you're at. Um, with today, um, we're continuing our, our theme through hospitality and just thinking about this idea of hospitality. Many of you may not know that Easter is not just a day, it's actually six weeks in the church calendar. The season is called Eastertide and uh, we just I really want to lean in to not just one day of resurrection, but really what the implications of the resurrection, what this means for the church community. And obviously the last couple of years have been very interesting, being locked down and also, yeah, man, I don't need to say this. You know this. And I, we just thought there's no better practice right now to lean into post-resurrection than hospitality, than eating and drinking and opening up our lives towards each other as a way to kind of respond to the good news of Jesus. And we've been talking a little bit that really God's mission and us reaching out is not disconnected in the New Testament from living a hospitable life from hospitality, the church eating and drinking together as a way, not just as a signpost of the kingdom, but really as a way to draw others in. In the first century, it was an eating and drinking community that really brought others into the fold and showed them the love and light of Jesus. So I'm passionate about this. There's been a whole turn in my life the last number of years around this. So I'm excited to journey uh, through this. With that said, we're going to kind of unpack. We have a few uh, kind of unique voices, I would call, call them, that... Uh, are joining us last week, Danielle Strickland via video just kind of shared a little bit of her story. In a minute, John Tyson from Church of the City, New York is going to come and just share around this idea of hospitality and, and around the reality that God's already at work. And we're going to talk, I'll talk at the end for a minute just around how this is not, sometimes we make things complex. This idea of hospitality and what it does is actually very simple. And uh, there's something beautiful about that. So that's going to happen in a minute. Just want to let you know, though, um, next week is pretty awesome because as part of our worship, we just wanted to let you know that we are having brunch together. We are actually having Goodwill. We are investing. Goodwill is going to cater brunch for us next Sunday, May the uh, 15th, May the 15th, as part of our worship. So next week, we're not going to have music together. Our worship is going to be coming in and eating and just hanging out with each other. And we'll have some teaching as well as part of that morning. But we want to invite you to come along, eat with us. The kids will be in with us for that. And then there will be kids programs for the teaching component. But sometimes, well, I just felt like the one of the ways to practice this is obviously we get in communities uh, around the city and we do that, but it 
it would be great just to eat together, to spend time. Maybe it gives you an opportunity to meet some people in the community, some of you that are newer, just to sit and eat and join in. So uh, we're looking forward to next week, um, kind of breaking down this mindset. I love music, but music is not the only way we worship. That's why we even watch our language in our gatherings where we use the word music about the music instead of worship because we feel like everything we do from arriving early to singing songs together to four minutes of family and connecting with each other to coming to the bread and cup at the end to teaching to everything we do is worship and so why not do what the church did early on eat together as as a form of worship and so that's next week super excited hopefully you can join us with all that said let's jump in to this idea around the reality that God's at work and maybe just maybe we should join him in what he's already doing I think in general, people feel pretty overwhelmed with the idea of evangelism. I think a lot of people feel like in order to share their faith, they need a master's degree in ethics and a master's degree in apologetics. So just telling people, go out there and share your faith, in some sense, can be very, very overwhelming. The fears are of not having the information they need, not having answers to the, the larger questions, not being able to convey those in such a short period of time. Uh, feeling the pressure to get it right, um, outcome anxiety. Sometimes we make um, sharing God's love and evangelism too complicated. There's uh, three phrases in the New Testament that talk about Jesus' mission. The first phrase says, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Then it says, the Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is the purpose of God. He came to seek and save. He came as the Savior from our sin. The third time that that phrase is used, the Son of Man came, is actually about the methodology or the way that he did it. He did it. It said, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And that was his methodology. His mission was to serve. His mission was to save. The way he did it was by eating and drinking. So to me, hospitality and reclaiming this vision of hospitality is the way that we take steps towards engaging people in the world. Almost every time you see Jesus in the gospel, he is eating, going to someone's house, leaving someone's house, on his way to someone's house or with another meal. In fact, if you were to say, take Luke's gospel, it just moves from hospitality moment to hospitality moment to hospitality moment, ultimately culminating with Jesus around the table, talking about his uh, death. And then after his resurrection, he's with his disciples again, breaking bread and talking. And it seems that when you get around a table, you get around a meal, it just creates this space for the ministry of Jesus to happen in the lives of others. So to me, I think one of the central ways and the easiest ways is moving towards hospitality, opening up our hearts and lives and inviting other people in. You know, one of the challenges of living in our modern life, our lives are so fast. They can just be a blur. We move so quickly that we can often just, it's not that God's not working. We're just not aware of what's actually happening. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, one of the things that's always stood out to me is Jesus' ability just to see people. Jesus saw people everybody else overlooked. 
He saw blind people, he saw sinners, he saw those who needed healing. And often the disciples would just rush past them like they were irrelevant so they could get onto bigger things. But Jesus just noticed the individual. So in many ways, we need to just reclaim the art of paying attention to what God's doing around us. And sometimes it's not very dramatic. There's no, there's no pillar of fire, there's no cloud. It's just a prompting or a response or listening to a tone in somebody's voice or hearing a strain in something they're communicating or deep details they continually bring up about areas of concern. And those little moments can often be invitations or windows into what's happening behind the scenes. And that's often the Holy Spirit highlighting his work so that we can respond and step into that and see God's love move into that person's life. So I was thinking about this as a pastor in New York. One day I got into a taxi and uh, we were driving past a restaurant that was one of my favorite restaurants and it was always popular. There was a line out the door and I'd struck up a conversation with the taxi driver and he was an immigrant like I was. And there was a lot of controversy at the time about immigrants and people moving with this nation. There was a lot of fear of the other. Who were these people coming in? Would they disrupt our way of life? A lot of political commentary like that. But I, as we began to talk, all of those stereotypes fell away and we just found ourselves being fathers, both from different places, trying to make our way into this country. And as we moved past this particular restaurant with a line out the door, I said to him, hey, have you ever eaten there? Have you tried that food? And he said to me, no, I, I always see the lines there. I've always wondered if it's good. So I said to him, hey, if you leave the meter running in the taxi and I run in and grab some of that food, do you want to just sit here and keep talking? And he said, would you really do that? And I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. So I ran in and I got him some of this food and it was actually this, almost like a transcendent moment. It was two men from other sides of the world sitting in a taxi, sharing food and all of the stereotypes about who he was and what he represented just melted away. And we had in the middle of New York, this little portal of belonging that broke in in the midst of all of the stereotypes, all of the suspicion, just opening our hearts, sharing our stories. And it was, it was the, the highlight of my day. And as we got out of the taxi, I realized that's exactly what had happened. This environment of welcome shifted our understanding of each other. And this community of belonging was formed even for a moment in a taxi on the side of the street in the middle of New York. And I couldn't help but wonder what would happen in our lives if we just paid attention to those little promptings and these environments of welcome, these little portals of hospitality broke out. And if that became a normal practice for followers of Jesus in coffee shops, in workplaces, on sports field, with soccer moms, everybody, there would just be these, this deconstruction of fear and there would be an, an inbreaking of love and welcome. And that may be what we're called to do as followers of Jesus in our time. Growing up, I was in a very atheist household. It was my mother, my brother and I. They didn't go to church. They didn't follow any religion of any sort. When I was 19, I was coming out of a really awful relationship that had lasted the good majority of three years. It was really hard on me mentally, emotionally, physically, just very dark and negative and toxic. I remember one day just being in the room alone, quiet and sad, and it felt like something was in the room with me, if you want to explain it that way. I just felt some, something caring for me. 
And I asked the question, is this God? Is this, you know, Jesus trying to get through to me? So I was left with um, a lot of questions. I would say there were a, quite a few like curious people there, either people that had grown up in a Christian background or had known people. I wondered what it would look like just to host an Alpha for my friends and particularly my coworkers. I was definitely pretty nervous just because obviously it's really easy to make a name for yourself at your workplace because you're there all the time, whether it's like, oh, you could be like the really fun one or it's like very easily you could be like, oh, that Christian that always asks people to go to church. And I didn't want her to think that our friendship was just so I can invite her to church. So Ash and I were working a shift together. Uh, we were walking past each other and she stopped me from where I was going and just said it very directly, casually, I want you to come to an alpha. What day is gonna work for you? What day is consistent for you? And I was immediately drawn and ready to um, participate in it. There's not really a, like a super easy way to do it. Um, there's no, if you're ever waiting for like the right time, there's like, there's t times that are better than others, but there's not like a time that it really like, you're like, this is the moment. So I showed up at Alpha for the first time. Um, it was very welcoming, very casual. Uh, lots of people that I knew were there all my age. So, you know, you walk in, people were hugging, people were saying hello, people were catching up, there was food there. So it just felt like you were going to hang out with your friends. A lot of people had questions just like I did. They were either atheist, Christian, um, nothing. Like they just had the same questions as me. So I felt very comfortable knowing that I wasn't the only one who was exploring it. Maybe halfway, maybe like three quarters, we were just talking and it was discussion time. She's like, yeah, well like now that I'm Christian and I was like, what? And I was like, uh, and I was like, kind of like look at other people that I, like I know and I looked at them and they looked at me and I was like. Things just started to make sense for me. Things started clicking. My past, there were like certain connecting dots mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And then, yeah, I think I just told you one day. Yeah. It wasn't like a huge big bang or like I saw the light or anything. It was just, I woke up, I'm like, this is who I am. Yeah. I just. I like firmly believe like obviously it wasn't me that like brought you to Christ and like gave you this life. It was like I was just being like faithful. It's like God's call and that looked like inviting you and then he like did the rest and he like obviously like does so much for your life and I think you just kind of helped me like see a little clearer or like yeah. help me yeah move a little bit closer. Yeah. God pulled through. You know, as I hear these stories, um, what comes to my mind is just maybe this is easier than we think. You know, I've been around the church a long time, been on staff at churches, different ministries, departments. I've planted a multi-site that's turned into a church plant. I've, uh, I feel like as I reflect, I've been around a while and I've seen sometimes a lot of pressure to reach people, a lot of pressure to see things happen. Um, I've been in strategic planning meetings about kind of the next technique or the next kind of gimmick to get people in, to get people saved, if you know what I'm saying. And then you look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels and you just realize his mission was deeply rooted in eating and drinking. 
And his, he was, uh, Jesus put on display for us not only what it means to live a hospitable life, but this kind of flowed through the early church. Many of you know we've been on our own, my own journey, and I've been on my own journey around this, that maybe this isn't as complex. Not that curriculum or teaching or themes or ideas aren't important. It's just I've noticed that sometimes those things can kind of rise to the top and we forget that the easiest strategy in doing life together is living and being hospitable with one another. Um, This is part of the story. And so I just want to remind us about as we come to the tables in a minute, just around the simplicity of this mission, that we could open up our lives just like Jesus' life. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. He was poured out for others. The church is called to be the same. Just listen to 1 Peter 4. This is what Peter says. says this, verse 7. He says, The end of all things is near. Giving a picture. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober of mind so that you may pray. Above all, Peter says, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And then he says this, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This is what I love about a hospitable church, that the gifts actually are used within the community because hospitality is that place that cultivates that. So often people ask, like, well, I want to get involved. I want to get, I want to do something. And I always think, the, the best place and posture to come from is getting involved in the lives of other people, opening up our homes, opening up our lives, using our gifts. He goes on, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be all glory and power forever and ever. Amen. The hospitable God gave of himself in Jesus. And now the church is to receive the spirit of Jesus to give themselves to each other and to the world. It's it's actually really, really simple. We're called into lives poured out. And even as we reflect even on that, some of that teaching and just the, the idea and the stories involved, I hope that you could be stirred up like I have, that I could put my life in some of those circumstances and places to see that it's not rocket science. It's eating. It's opening up our lives. It's being curious and asking questions. It's opening up our lives to the people around us. And so a simple reminder for us today that God is already at work. You know, sometimes with our big and grandiose kind of vision and plan, we think we've kind of arrived on the scene. It's easy to even do that as a church plant. What if we were just reminded that God's already at work and we could join in with him? What I would love to do just for a minute is just pray for us. And uh, someone from our team is going to come and they're going to lead us to the tables as we close our time singing together. Uh, but I would just love to pray for us that as even as we come to the table this morning, we would be reminded of God's love, him being poured out, and that we get to join him in this. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters, my friends, pray for our church community, that we would just see the simplicity of this message this morning. God, help us to see, even in our mind's eye, people, places, spaces, that you could just help us to open our lives up to others 
God, I thank you for your work through Jesus, opening up your lives to us, coming, taking the sin, our sin and the sin of the world upon yourself, redeeming us, bringing us into your kingdom. And may we be these people that join in with you. We pray these things in your name, King Jesus. And as we respond today, may you be lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen.